From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 15. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Dash, where you can create beautiful dashboards with just a few clicks. And MailRoute, a secure, hosted email service for protection from viruses and spam. My name is Mike Curley, and I am joined, as always, by your co-host and mine, Mr. Jason Snell. Hello, Mr. Mike Hurley. How are you? I am very well. Mr. Jason Snell, I should have introduced you as, uh, you know, and I have someone calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Jason yes, Snell, welcome to the show. Hi, hi, Mike. It's, uh, I'm a longtime listener and and for and all all time co host. So, <laughs> yes, from from beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm sitting in the corner of a guest bedroom at my mother's house, uh, where I've recorded many episodes of various podcasts over the years and the acoustics aren't great but you know we will we will manage well you sound you sound good to me I, mainly you're here and that's kind of all i all i'm yes, present because otherwise present. the show would have been very different just me yeah just, just yeah going, that, jason right, that's right jason. it's just one man's descent into madness <laughs> so you uh very nearly uh made the decision to record from the road there was some there was some definite discussion over the last couple of days yeah it turns out that the uh the first part of the journey out of sort of palm springs and up into the desert from because we were driving from la to phoenix is uh there are actually some no service areas those are not good um not good for podcasting if we're gonna actually talk but it turns out that that uh further over sort of in the arizona part of the desert before you get to phoenix uh the service was actually okay and i I was i was getting uh data the whole time so we could have done it although you know that cars are loud it would have it would have sounded terrible and it would have been distracting and my whole family would have hated me because i would have been telling them to not talk while i was doing the podcast and it seems like a bad idea so children be quiet and listen to this one-sided conversation i i did think about uh like recording something for you from out in the middle of the desert just to, uh, to drop in but then i just decided uh, that would not be worth the effort so here i am so there has been a a, a wide scale debate, uh, yes, on the internet um, over the last week about, mm-hmm. about everyone's talking about it about the way we refer to our listeners, how how yes. we c- give them a collective name. Now we had decided um, on upgraders. That was our that was what me and Jason felt would be would be the the preferred nomenclature. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be upgraders. However, we've had lots of feedback, and if you would allow me, Jason, I would like to run through some of the popular suggestions and some of the reasoning behind the suggestions. <laughs> yes, uh, popular and unpopular suggestions. <laughs> so we have a potential upgrader, uh, Diane. Uh, Diane uh, wrote in, and this is what Diane had to say. Uh, Please allow me to justify my preference of upgradians over upgraders. An upgrader is someone who is actively working on a process that will be completed within a period of time. As an example, I was an upgrader from BB Edit 10 to BB Edit 11.0.1. When the download and install were complete, I was no longer in the temporary class upgrader. Mm. Consider the suffix Ians. I argue upgradians connotes membership in a cohort, not individuals trapped in a temporary condition. Upgradians may be characterized as members of a community who listen to the upgrade podcast. We, by that, I mean I probably listen to other Relay FM podcasts as well. Why probably? Hmm. <laughs> anyway, in a nutshell, that is my reason for preferring Upgradians. I know it doesn't trip off the tongue. 
as easy as the as that other word but you're experienced professional podcasters so that (laughs) would make no Mm -hmm. difference so diane's view was shared by others there were many other people who liked upgradians but we have some other suggestions most of these taken from the hashtag ask upgrade which is we're going to talk about that again in a bit but that is providing very fruitful Oh, yes. There's a lot more in there every week than I expect. Yes, there are also ridiculous things in there every week, which is kind of delightful and also, yes, completely ridiculous. But yes, hashtag AskUpgrade is working well so far. So listener Chris liked the upgraded. There were many people that would like the upgraded, but I don't like that you kind of have to use two words. Mm. We'd have to say the upgraded. And that kind of sounds a little bit like a cult. Just it does. It sounds very much like a cult. <laughs> or uh, the other thing that it that it reminded me of was the uh, the Cybermen from Doctor Who, who want to turn you into a mindless uh, automaton and remove all your emotions by upgrading you. This is not good. This is not good. And also, the Cybermen are are terrible villains. They're they're crappy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was someone that suggested calling uh, using the name name the Cybermen. I can't find it oh, now, great. but. That that was definitely in there. Uh, wow, here that we is go. too so, nerdy. Too nerdy even for me. We have uh, <laughs> at that chip guy. Why would upgrade fans oh. be called anything other than Cybermen? Well, that is that's Chip Sutterth, who is a Doctor Who podcaster, and of course he would suggest that. No, Chip, no. So we also have uh, we had listener Jason. He wanted to go down the Jason route. Uh, he thought that was that was good, so he suggested uh-huh. Snellians or Snurlies. <laughs> I quite like Snurlies. <laughs> I don't even understand that one. <laughs> it's a it's it's a mix between our names. I guess that's but, weird. Uh, listener Anthony, uh, he suggested Upgraduates. Huh. But then I kind of say Upgraduates, which doesn't make any sense because the show's not right. called Upgrade. Yeah, you know, and then co-founder Stephen uh, suggested oh, no. upgrade alets uh, and Snellers. Yeah, little Snellers, little Snellers. So, Jason, oh Stephen, I feel like we need to make a decision on this. Like, we need to to draw a line in the sand right now. We've allowed feedback from the audience of Upgrade, and mm-hmm. they they have suggested what they would like. Uh, to be referred to. What is your feeling about how we proceed? I, uh, it's difficult for me. I, I feel like that we have no consensus here. Um, although I think we've got some strong front runners. I also, you know, I, it reminds me of the days of uh, Star Trek fans wanting to be, some of them want to be Trekkers and some of them want to be Trekkies and all of that. And I, I should say, I, I'm honored that people even care slightly about what to call people who listen to this podcast because probably they should just you know listen and then move on with their lives to another podcast but if we had to make a decision i like the idea of a sort of a schism where we have to say good evening upgradians and upgraders as if it was ladies and gentlemen (laughs) like you could be either what did what do they mean i don't know um diane listener diane's uh, uh suggestion is strong of upgradians but it does sound a little bit like an alien um so or a math problem <laughs> frankly <laughs> so i'm not sure i'm not sure um i i feel like the jury's still out and we we, we need some more compelling uh, arguments before we make a final decision what do you think mike well i i do really i also really like diane's uh explanation and and i could be on board with upgradians because it's kind of like guardians you know the upgradians of the galaxy I kind of like that idea. Sure. 
Sure, uh, it's very much like that. But uh, I do still like upgraders. Um because it's, I don't know, there's uh, something about that yeah. which is quite fun. Uh, I'll be Star-Lord and you can be Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, I like that. I could deal with that. All right. So what, do, do you do you still want to leave the jury out for one more week? I think so. I think uh, I think we should vow to, to settle this matter by the end of the, uh, by the end of the year. But if anybody would like to make a, other compelling cases, uh, I, I think Upgradians and Upgraders are, are, are still our, our strongest. Maybe what we could do is we could leave it for one more week and then maybe set up a poll. Oh yeah, and we go into 2015 with there being a poll, and then the I winner. Uh, I don't know, Mike. This is not a democracy. <laughs> do we want this to be a democracy? Then we should just call them citizens. That's a good point. Or upgradeisins. Mm? I've said many times we do not run a democracy here. You know, yeah. when it comes to like show titles and stuff like that. Exactly. So. We would we could do a poll and then take their suggestion and choose whether to ignore it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's All right. let's let's go into next week and we'll see where we where we end up. Okay. I think that sounds about right. Now Jason, I want to take a quick uh break before we before we go on to some hashtag ask upgrade submitted questions this week. Mm-hmm. Um but so I wanna play I want to play the first of our sponsors this week. We have a couple of special musical bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our first our first friends at Igloo, uh, they requested something was put together, and this is the result of that. <laughs> There's a long intro here. Very long intro. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm dreaming of a new internet, just like the tools I use at home, where the comments glisten and your bosses listen. As you share gifts of Santa working from home, working from home, I'm dreaming of a fun intranet with every blog post that I write. May your days be productive. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, those voices just. I, I love. Thank you, thank you to Igloo, an internet you'll actually like, for uh, for uh, sponsoring that. And uh, I'll, I'll point out. Uh, actually, we have a comment in the chat room about. Uh, hey, we like it when you you read the uh, sponsors and don't do the the pre recorded ads. But what you what you may not have understood there is that two of those three singers are me and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's and then Lex Friedman is the third. So uh, you you were hearing our voices. They just made us sing. 
They made us sing. They made. They, they forced us. Like, we Igl- had to do Igl- it. Igloo came down with the with their hammers. Like you must sing this one. No, it was it was pure. This you know we're we're doing it. We're having a bit of fun. It's the holiday season. And uh, exactly. If if you like, um, if you if you really love hearing me and Jason uh, read the ads, it will all go back to normal next week. Maybe <laughs> not this week. <laughs> no, you've got lots more songs this week. You've got more songs today. Uh, but I really loved them, and 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 uh, I I very much enjoyed uh, warming up my vocal cords for the for mm. the igloo. So thank you so much to igloo. Go to igloosoftware.com/upgrade. Uh, we love those guys. They're they're great friends, and uh, happy holidays to one and all. Indeed. Hashtag ask upgrade. So the yes. hashtag has been alive this week again. Um, and I've I've pulled out a couple of uh, of interesting questions that that I would like to go through with you, Mister Snell. All right. So we have at always breaking uh, wondered what mouse do you use uh, with the shiny new iMac? Oh yeah, I um I I remember I answered him on Twitter, but of course nobody who isn't following me and always breaking would know this. I um. So for a long time, I haven't used a mouse in ages. For a long time, I used the Kensington um, Expert. Is it Expert mouse? First, it was the Turbo mouse. And I think it's the Expert mouse now, which is the big trackball. Um, and they they have they added like a little ring around the trackball, so you could get the scroll wheel kind of action, and that was pretty cool. At some point. I think because I'd been using my laptop so much, and I, I think I might have mentioned this on a previous show, I, I switched to the uh, the the Magic Trackpad, and um, part of that is that the feel of it, you know, in in very basic terms, is a lot like using the trackball because trackpads were replacements for trackballs anyway. And so um, my, the mousing didn't feel that different. Plus I was used to using a trackpad on my laptop um, and I've had a, you know, laptop as my primary system for most of my time as a Mac user, the last like 15 years is I've had a laptop. So, so yeah, so the Apple as boring an answer as that is the Apple magic trackpad is my answer. Um, I like the gestures. I like scrolling the two fingers scrolling, um and and that's that's definitely what I what I use now. I've never I mean I I can't remember. I guess in college I used a mouse when I had a Mac SE, I used a mouse, but once I went to Mac user actually in 94, 93, I remember they um that's where I first saw that trackball and one of the editors had one and when she left um I said, "Can I can I use her trackball?" <laughs> and they said, "Sure, just take it." And uh, I've used I used that uh, model of trackball uh, up until about four years ago, I think, when I switched to the Magic Trackpad. Um, have you ever had any uh, RSI type pain or anything like that of any kind? No, no, I think I've been I think I've been really fortunate because um, having learned a lot more about RSI I, uh, issues and having some friends who who have suffered from it pretty severely. I mean, everybody knows uh, I think that John Syracuse basically dictates his his uh, OS 10 reviews because he has RSI problems, and since he's a programmer, he's doing a lot of typing at work, and there's no way he could then come home and type articles. Uh, in in his uh, extra time as a as a writer, so he dictates all of that. So and my friend Shawley McFarland, who uh, used to be an editor at MacWorld, I mean, she had incredibly severe RSI. Like you wouldn't believe the the physical problems that 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 she had as a result of being a you know at a desk typing all the time. I've been fortunate to escape most of that. I think sometimes I wonder. It's probably just that I'm lucky that it just so happens that I I haven't had a lot of those issues. Um, 
because, you know, when I was using an Apple II when I was a kid, I, that was the least ergonomic thing ever. I mean, I would just sit there and type, and type, you know, hundreds of words, you know, 100 words a minute on this clicky, clacky keyboard that was way too high, and I was contorted into all sorts of weird positions, and somehow it didn't affect me. So whether that was a the crucible that, like, did something to make me... Um, <laughs> it's like a superhero, right? It's like he's now impervious to all keyboard-related injuries. Um, I don't know, but uh, I've been fortunate. I recently I've had some issues with my back and my shoulder where I've had I've had a little bit of a hint of what that must be like for people. And although it hasn't been that big of a deal for me, um, I can only imagine. So I I, I don't know. I, I think I'm lucky. I think I'm just one of those people who's lucky to have a body that is not affected by um, those. Sp- particular kinds of injuries so i think in about august this year um i've had back pain for a while but i was starting to get quite bad pain in my wrists arm and hands Mm. so i knew something bad was happening uh i'd recently changed my desk setup and uh and i was i was working a lot more on my laptop and it was just on my desk uh and that was because you know we were we were preparing uh relay at that time so I was doing lots of stuff for a lot longer periods than usual, uh, and I was I was recording with Marco Arment, and I asked him uh, a question before we, we recorded. Uh, I think it was ep- it was episode one of Inquisitive, because I knew that he'd used he uses that Microsoft Sculpt ergonomic keyboard, right? You know, this the one's got the hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I asked him about it, and he was and he basically said the same sort of thing. He started to get pain, then he totally changed. The way that he works so i have a i have like the if you saw my desk i mean people have seen pictures of it there are mm-hmm. so many input methods here yeah so i have uh i, I have my macbook pro it sits on like a griffin stand that just mm-hmm. this stand keeps it high so it keeps it closer to eye level i have a microsoft sculpt ergonomic keyboard that i use for the macbook pro and i have a apple magic mighty magic mighty mouse Mm-hmm. Well, magic what, Mouse is Magic Mouse the most current one. Yes. Yeah, I have a Magic Mouse, which is okay. I I, I use the Magic Mouse because the gestures to swipe between spaces is something that I use an awful lot. Um, so I kind of that's what, that's why I go with that. But then I also have on the production machine, I use um, a Logitech uh, wireless mouse, the MX mouse is really mm-hmm. great um i originally bought that for the macbook pro to go along with the the microsoft keyboard uh, but i couldn't get used to not having the spaces uh, support and i also use a trackpad so on the on the production machine i actually edit both with both hands which is a uh, I'm, I'm quite i like doing that so i use the trackpad to zoom in and pan around logic and then the mouse to do more refined editing uh, and those pains in my wrist and hands have practically completely gone away. And I think That's it's because I've because I've sort of sorted out my uh, my setup a little bit more. Yeah, there's a, there are a lot of uh, hardware things you can do. There are a lot of uh, behavioral things you can do. I mean, yeah. I mentioned uh, 
I mentioned, I think, was a break time that uh, is a, an app that just reminds you to get up every however long, every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes. And when I've had my little back and shoulder issue, that's that's one of the things that I've been doing is just, you know, take some time to stretch and move around. And and uh, and I also have a adjustable, it's a sit-stand desk. So depending on how I'm feeling, I can, um, that's a way to change it up. And so I, I'll, I'll sit for a while and I'll stand for a while. My issue is that there are certain tasks that on the computer that I, I really don't feel like I can do standing <laughs> and there are other ones that uh, are fine. And so some, I don't know why it's just psychological, like uh, really, really getting into writing something is something that I have a hard time doing from, you know, from standing. It's just, there's something about it. That's not a, that's not where I, I do my writing. It does but, feel uh, like a seating activity. Yeah. It's just a, something about like hunkering down and, and focusing and, and, and not doing, you know, maybe I'm standing wrong, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, that, that adds some variety to it that even with the breaks and all that, sometimes I, I feel like I just, I, I don't want to sit anymore. I can't sit anymore. And then I stand for a while and then I feel, then I feel tired that I, I, I've, I've been standing too long. And then I, I just, it provides a little more variety and it, it's great. Cause you know, when I started working, nobody, nobody, uh, in most offices cared about this stuff at all and was really thinking about it. And by the time, you know, even 10 years had passed, there were lots of people with, uh, there are all sorts of different keyboard setups and all sorts of different pointing devices. Uh, uh, several of my friends have the, that, um, that vertical mouse that it's like a, it's like a joystick, um, on a, on a, on a cart kind of thing where you, you basically you grip the, the handle of the mouse uh, and it's upright and then you roll. Then you just roll it around on the on the on the desk, um, and that's that same idea of like it's getting your um, it's getting your wrists out of the the kind of unnatural rotation that it has on the keyboard. But uh, I, so we're in a better place now, where there are many more options and people are much more aware of this, which is great because lots of people suffer from this. I, I've been fortunate to not be affected by it. It would be very difficult. Um, I can, I can, I've seen it happen to other people and they manage, but it's hard. So I'm glad you found something that works for you. So I'm now standing up. So we have that. All right. That's good. (laughs) I just, I figure I should probably do this like, because I sit for hours recording the shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that And I can podcast standing up. That's a good one. There's a title suggestion. Someone, (laughs) Um, I, I podcasting standing up is something that's pretty doable. Stand-up podcaster. Yeah, that's right. You can do it. Everybody up. Maybe I should do me. I might try and do this. I might, because I know that uh, on Mac Power Users, great Mac Power Users, by the way. um, Oh, thanks. I know that you mentioned that you turn break time off whilst you're recording. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe there's, maybe what I think I might do is leave it on and then just kind of stand up and sit down again, because... Really, you probably won't notice the difference. I have a very quiet boom arm, and, and nothing else will change too much. So right. Well, the pro the problem with is the break time wants you to take a break from using your Mac, and so you 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 get locked out of your show notes and things like that. Yeah. Well, I won't let it do that bit because you can yeah. you can stop it from doing that, can't you? You can just have it to remind sure. you to get up. So I might do that. Yeah. That 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 would work. At Landon JH um, asked, what Apple case should I get for my iPhone 6 Plus, lever or silicone? So um, I'm currently he, using... No, he also asked what color. So we're supposed to pick the color for Landon JH. Oh, I can help That's... with the color, actually. All right, good, good. So I had a blue one, a blue silicone mm-hmm. case. I would say go silicone for the 6 Plus because it adds more grip than the leather. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really important thing. 
Um, I had the blue one, and I liked the color of it a lot. But it was getting really screwed up. Like, the corners were coming apart. Like, so the silicone was coming off. Um, and it was exposing the plastic underneath. And I was really kind of annoyed by it. Um, and then I was in the Apple... I was in an Apple store on World AIDS Day and kind of got swept up in it. So bought the red case. Mm-hmm. And it's it's still silicone, but it's it feels slightly different. It's not as grippy as the blue one. And this one is staying together really well. I think the problem was is I don't know if they've changed the material. It may well have done. It's possible. But the blue one, it was so grippy that it was kind of... P- Pulling itself apart from my when I put it in my pockets, hmm. you know, because it's it's it was it, that's what I can assume happened because it was happening at the corners, which is obviously where it's going to be pushed the most as it goes into my pocket. So uh, I would suggest I like the red one a lot, and of course, if you buy the red one, you are doing something good for the world. So I would suggest going red and going silicone. And all I'll say is I, I don't have the 6 Plus. I just have the 6. I am still using the Apple leather case, which is the first case. This is the longest I've gone with any case on my iPhone ever. And it's mostly because I, I like the added grip on the 6 uh, because it can be a little slippery. And I, my case is the Midnight Blue, I believe it's called. And it looks great and uh, and keeps looking better because the leather starts to wear. And I, I know there was, I mentioned this in a previous show, we had... We got a comment from somebody who said, oh, I don't like those leather cases because they, you know, they change over time. <laughs> it's like, well, that's what they do. That's that's that is what leather is. So I like it. So, um, you know, you can ignore everything Mike said or go with what Mike said, because he does have the six plus. He's going to you are an expert on the six plus. I will give that to you over over me. So I uh, love but, my six plus, Jason. But I like I like I don't like the silicone cases because they feel too grippy and they also like pick up uh, lint and stuff and and uh, the leather cases don't do that. Yeah, that I know is you'll... one thing. I have to kind of brush it down every now and then. I know you like your six plus though. That's good. It That's is good. Great. Somebody has to. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I I do feel like uh, an outcast a little bit. You know, I, I make these decisions sometimes no, no. that 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 people don't don't agree with and this is one of them i know that i'm gonna be like at wwc and everyone's gonna be like ha 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 you bought yeah. the big phone but you're gonna have you're gonna find your your tribe you're gonna find your people who have the the six plus and you're all gonna be like oh yeah those guys don't know what they're missing and mm-hmm. it's gonna be fine yeah it's gonna I, be fine i just find my i just need to find my people mm-hmm. you know they're out there so tell me jason what did joe Steele want to know <laughs> Yeah, I added this one to the list. Joe Steele, listener Joe, uh, wanted to know, uh, hashtag ask upgrade, has Mike seen A Christmas Story? Is that a thing in the UK? And this is a, the, the movie A Christmas Story is actually broadcast on one of the cable networks here for 24 hours on Christmas Day. They just broadcast it over and over again. And uh, Joe just wants to know if you've seen it. I have not seen A Christmas Story. Mm, it's pretty good. Although, I don't really you know, know anything about it. It's a well. It's a sort of a memoir kind of story about a, a guy telling a story about a particularly memorable Christmas when he was a kid in the fifties, and it's pretty funny. You should you should check it out sometime. It's a good uh, it's a good Christmas watch. I would. Why say. of all the Christmas movies is this the one that's broadcast twenty four hours a day? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there are so many channels. You could probably every channel could get their own Christmas movie and <laughs> run it all all day long too. But uh, I think TBS does that in the U.S. I, I don't know. I think they just decided they had the rights to it and they thought it would be a, st- a nice stunt. And it, it does. It has picked up a, a following, and that following continues. I think it actually grows now because it's become this kind of television tradition that it's always aired all day by one of the major cable channels. And uh, I don't know. I, I suspect it's because they got the rights and. 
and they liked it, but they also they had their rights and they wanted to get attention, and so they announced this stunt. But now it's become it has become a tradition. Uh, we also have Elliot Elliot F on Twitter. Jason, why blame Amazon or Apple for international barriers when it's copyright lawyers at fault? <laughs> this is following up from a, lo- a lot of our conversations about international. Uh, licensing and all of that, and and uh, I, I put this in here because I don't think it's copy. I, I I think you're right that in many cases Amazon and Apple have nothing to do with this. I don't think it's copyright lawyers at fault. I think what's happening is a lot of the rights holders for this stuff um, have erected um, barriers for they, they, the whole licensing regime for a lot of stuff was based on a world where. Uh, country barriers meant something and with the internet they don't <laughs> the bottom line they don't you can buy something from anyone anywhere digitally and it doesn't matter and so i think a lot of the a lot of the things that we see now are a result of that that history and it so it had to do with licensing so in some ways it's the con in, in some places it's the content creators who said we're going to sell this to you in the u.s and you in the uk and you in Liechtenstein, and you in san marino and you in switzerland and you and 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 make this like totally arcane set of uh conflicting licensing uh, arrangements that will take ages to untangle so i think that's part of it i do think where apple and amazon can come to blame and i think amazon much more than apple because apple if you look at maps apple is a about the best in, in across all these different digital media at being in lots of countries it's the um, prioritization that Apple has made it a priority to take a lot of its stores into lots of countries, and Amazon really hasn't. Amazon really hasn't. There, there, Amazon. There was a t- there was a time when if you looked at Amazon's map of where they sold X, it was almost always U.S. and U.K. That was it. <laughs> Our friends at Mac Stories, um, they did a great uh, post of of who is where, and it has like interactive maps and. And stuff like that. I'm going to put that yes. in the show notes, which you can find at relay.fm slash upgrade slash 15. And it shows like um, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon and what services they have and where they're available. It's a really, right. really and, interesting uh, piece. And, and that's where I think you can start blaming people. is Because, uh, yay, we love blaming people. Is if you see like Apple in every country and then Amazon's in three. It obviously wasn't impossible for Apple to get in every country. They put in they put in the work and they felt there was some reward. And then Amazon Amazon seems content. I mean, I think and I think this is true. Just looking at their behavior, Amazon seems a lot less interested in conquering the world than they than they do like really really conquering a very small number of countries. Um, whereas Apple wants to conquer the world, um, and uh, and Google, I think, wants to conquer the world, but Amazon has taken a different approach to it. So I would say that's the one place where it's fair. But the, I think in general, the the it's all just kind of ridiculous. I understand in some cases it makes sense that if you're the BBC and you make a program and then you want it to air in the U.S. too, you know, you make a deal where now the U.S. broadcaster gets it, and and so they can't, the BBC can't sell it in America because the American broadcaster has the rights to it. I, I it it makes sense on that level but when it comes to things like this book is not available um this ebook is not available in your country when it's available in all these other countries that's uh that's when it gets a little bit ridiculous okay, Oh I have okay. one more I have one more update one uh, this is not a uh, hashtag ask up we, in, uh, but on the previous show we we mentioned uh listener Matt or possibly former listener Matt 
um, and speculated because he, he was saying, you guys are talking a lot about working at home and quitting your jobs. And, you know, are, are you going to talk more about technology? And we, we speculated about whether he was even listening to us. And the answer is he is listening. He's not formal listener mad. He is listener mad. And uh, he let he, he let me know uh, the other day that he had listened and uh, he was happy to listen to the podcast. And he will be a, uh, a committed upgrader slash upgradian <laughs> into the future. So yay to former and current once and future listener Matt. We're glad that you're still here, Matthew. Yes. Jason, would you like to tell me about MailRoute? Yes, I would. Let's play the song for MailRoute. (laughs) Here comes MailRoute, here comes MailRoute, right down MailRoute Lane. I don't have a song for MailRoute. That's all I I came up with. Bringing mailbags (laughs) without spamming. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, we, I've said I've said this before. Um, MailRoute. I I use MailRoute. It is a uh, server side spam filtering service. So basically, you hook it up uh, before it gets to your mail server, and so it takes your mail in, and and using their uh, their servers, they uh, they they do very clever things to detect whether it's spam or not, and they prevent that from even being delivered. And I I started uh, I started actually using MailRoute when I was um, when I was still doing some um, when I was on a slow internet connection, and <laughs> the the more I could filter out before it reached me, the better. Um, because you know there's client side stuff that's filtering it in your mailbox but mailroute does it on the server so they uh, they take your mail uh, run it through a spam filter move the spam aside and you have lots of settings to say how aggressive or, or not aggressive you want to be and uh, it works really well I can I think I've had one false uh, false positive in the last month where there was a, a good message in spam and I clicked a link in their daily email to me and it automatically whitelisted and delivered that message to me and that person who sent that message will never get blocked again because they're now on the whitelist and it all happened automatically. I didn't have to worry about it. So MailRoute uh, requires no hardware or software. They just uh, receive your mail, sort it and deliver it. It's easy to set up. It's reliable. Um, If you're uh, somebody who does email administration, if you're an IT professional, all the tools are built with you in mind. There's an API, LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, mailbagging, Mike's favorite, outbound relay, uh, everything you want from people handling your mail, and if you're a regular person like me, uh, the the user interface on is a web interface. It's super simple. Um, you can adjust the settings to have it be as aggressive or not aggressive as you would like it to be. Uh, and they've got a great deal if you would like to try them out. Um, there's a free trial, and you can get 10% off the lifetime of, of your account if you decide to buy. You have to go to MailRoute.net. That's MailRoute.net slash upgrade. And that's how you will uh, get a free trial, 10% off for the lifetime of your account, and get the spam out of your inbox for good. So thank you so much to the song of the season, MailRoute, for sponsoring Upgrade. Yay! Thank you, MailRoute. Thank you, MailRoute. No, that's not going to work either. We'll work on it. We'll, 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 we'll workshop a song for MailRoute. Yep. Sorry, MailRoute. We, we didn't get a song for you this time. A New Year's song for MailRoute. <laughs> Should spam messages be delivered? No, I'll work on it. <laughs> Jason, what would you like to talk about today? Oh, nothing much. What, <laughs> what would wrap you wrap up? <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Mike? I, I, this was so we have our little document where we where we conspire to um 
figure out what we're going to be what we're going to be talking about and you entered a bunch of stuff in but then I entered something in so I guess we'll start with mine but um but uh, we'll, I, I put this in I put in uh, travel tech because I'm traveling uh, for you know this week and and part of next week and um, every time uh, I travel I have that uh, thing and I was curious what you do too I, I know you went to Italy recently and um what devices do people bring? What's the thought process about devices and accessories that we bring on trips? I, um, you know, I mentioned I, I was able to do a whole lot of stuff from the passenger seat of our car yesterday, going through the desert with my iPhone. Where like I, I was able, I edited a file on an FTP server. I, uh, I did a blog post. Um, I was doing, I was answering emails and, and tweets and things like that. I mean, I was doing crazy stuff just from my phone. Um, and I, I had that moment of like, well, I could really do everything from the phone, but, and yet I brought my iPad and I brought my laptop, although part, partly that's because podcasting sort of mandates a laptop right now. Um, and then, uh, we my you know, my daughter brought her phone, my son brought his iPad, my wife brought her iPad and her laptop because there was some stuff that she needed that she felt was only going to be on the laptop. So we ended up with this bag full of technology. And then on top of that, uh, because some of some of the kids' presents involve um, Wii U games, I brought the Wii U, too, and hooked it up to my mom's TV. Um, so, you know, I, I, basically I have a satchel full of, <laughs> full of technology that I brought with us. And I, I have a moment where I think, well, this is great. We just bring our tech with us and then everybody's comfortable. And then I have other moments where I think this is crazy. We should bring like three things and, uh, and just use those for the week. Uh, and I think you could do that, but we didn't do that. So I don't know what, what, uh, what thought processes do you go through when you're, when you're traveling? I always take too much. So like I, yeah oh I, yeah I think to myself like if I don't have everything then I'm gonna be bored and I'm gonna like go out of my mind you know like I take uh, I always take my iPhone naturally uh, sometimes I will take sure. my iPad um, on my last trip I took my Kindle and I always take like a handheld gaming console as well and ah. it's probably too much hmm. um, especially the iPad. I very rarely use my iPad, hmm. um, especially when traveling. Maybe I'll watch a movie on it, but any flight where I could kind of watch a movie, they probably got movies on the flight. Oh, but like on my last trip when I went to Italy, I took my laptop too, because I had I was I was concerned that there might be uh, things that I needed to do whilst I was there. Like for example, we launched this show whilst I was in Italy, um, so I was I was worried that something might explode and I would need my laptop to do it, you know. Um, so I, I always end up taking too much. And, and probably in most scenarios, if I have my iPhone and something to charge my iPhone, like a battery pack, I can probably get by because it, I can put mo- entertainment on it, I can put a movie on it, I can have my podcast on it, I can put games on it too. Uh, and I can kind of get most work done from it. So really, I could probably just do with my iPhone but I kind of take, I always take more than I need. 
Uh, well, I, I described what we brought, so you can see that I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, with your six, with your six plus, especially, I, I, I question the need for you to bring an iPad. But it's, it's they're they're small enough that you just kind of think, oh, all right, I'll bring it. I mean, my we drove here, so when we're when we're flying, obviously, I think the the, the calibration is a little bit different. But uh, you know, I I'm also a fan of the best. Uh, device for the job and if i can bring the kindle and it doesn't really bring things uh you know cause too much trouble in terms of packing it's not a very big object i'd rather read a book on the kindle than the ipad i could totally read on the ipad i could totally read on the iphone so um i I don't know i i have those moments where i realize it's mostly with chargers that it gets me where i realize that i've got uh i've got a little power brick that's got uh three plugs on it and two usb ports and i bring that and i bring i make sure we get all the charging cables for the the, you know the usb cables for the iphones to plug into the usb ports and the bigger charging uh cables for the ipads and the and the and the, the laptops and um then I've got this just huge mass of chargers and cables. And that's the thing that, that I notice more than anything else. And again, I could bring fewer chargers, but then I know that we're going to have to do that dance of, you know, this well, this one's only got 20% battery. Well, this one's only got 10% battery. Yeah. Like, who's got the less the least battery to use the charger right now? And, uh, and keeping in mind that I've got a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. So I've got them, you know, in the back of my mind going, oh, but I need to use it, but I need to use it. I'm like, just bring two so we end up with a, a rat's nest of cables and a billion different devices and a giant heavy bag full of technology um which you know it, it, it in some ways we're bringing our uh you know we're bringing our comforts of home with us so that uh the you know, part of the challenge with kids, especially, is uh, how do you keep them entertained on a trip? And uh, that that the technology can do a great job there, where they're um, you know they're playing games or watching movies and all that. And and uh, it's not that we don't interact with them on the trip; we do plenty of that. But it is certainly a uh, a great additional feature for kids and grownups alike to be able to be you know in touch with the world and entertained when you're sitting in a car for. I don't know, probably 13 hours or something over the course of two days. So, yeah, I don't know. It it, it still seems like it's uh, part of me wants it to be as simple as possible. Like you could just do this trip with your iPhone and then reality start, starts to come in. And I think I can, but I, but, but why? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and unless I'm in a position where like literally there's no reason to bring anything, it's going to be a problem to bring things, um, you know, and if you're going on a plane, you're trying to travel tra- to pack light. That's a different a different story. But I don't know. Um, it, I I just I figure this is what people maybe uh, maybe people can uh, can write in uh, if they've got some stories about this too about what their strategies are. I, I'd be interested in hearing it. I just I think that this is a very interesting way that uh, our lives work now, which is you end up being in this "what do I bring with me." phase that you know it's difficult enough when it's how many pairs of you know underpants and how many how many shirts and do i need the shoes and the sandals do i need to you know all of all those kind of packing questions and now on top of that you've got the uh you know how many chargers and do i want an ipad and an iphone on top of it it just adds to the complications of packing and traveling i would uh i would really love to have one charger you know, like just mm. one one cable can charge anything, and it's like a dream situation. You know, so I don't have to have like to remember to bring like the five separate cables. Maybe just to bring two cables, and I know that those two cables can do like can charge everything. 
You know? Yeah. That that would be my my real ideal uh, situation. It's just just to be able to charge everything from the same stuff. Yeah, the USB. Yeah, you know, I, I the nice thing is that you can bring one. Um, you can bring one charger part and then a couple of USB cables, and I think you can get most of it taken care of. I mean, it depends. I mean, your um, your uh, portable game device probably has some crazy weird charger. Right? Yep. I mean, for me, so, the Kindle, the Kindle, iPad, iPhone, and all of that, those are all the same. And then um, the obviously a laptop needs its own thing. So I, I can I have done that in the past where I've really minimized it down to one charger to the wall and then a few cables attached to the USB port on the on the charger block. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's not bad. But like, I, I kind of end up having to take like three or four different cables just to charge the things that I want to take with me. One day, one day, Jason, it will all get better, and then there'll be more devices, and we'll have to take those. <laughs> when we're having to charge our wearables, you know, we're all gonna have a new cable next year when we're charging our uh, our, our Apple watches. Yes, sure. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I mean that was like the Pebble. I, I, if I, yep. if I want to bring my Pebble with me, I got to bring the Pebble charger because it's a, and I know why it's a custom charger. It's because it's magnetic, and they they didn't want to use USB or something because they wanted it to be water resistant. But the fact remains that but at it's least, a custom cable. At least with the Pebble, you could maybe put it on charge the night before if you remember, and you'd be okay for the weekend, you know. But. That is not gonna. That is not gonna happen with um, with the iPhone. Uh, so the Apple Watch, sorry, and the iPhone, sure, but the Apple Watch is not gonna. It's not gonna work that way, which is a shame. Yeah. So shall we uh, take a moment and we'll play uh, our final song? <laughs> the fans are have asked for another song. So I mean, it's all we can do really is is give them another one, and this one is is from our friends over at Dash. Well, goddamn, it's Dash. Well, you can easily create real time dashboards that show information. There are dozens of pre-built widgets for services like app figures, Google Analytics, GitHub, and don't forget Twitter. Go to thedash.com. You don't need no credit card. To the dash.com Play with it because it is fun well, God damn it's Dash You can also show custom data It's got a great API To share from Dropbox or the web Things like Line charts, speedometers Tables or use iframe The pricing model is a lot like GitHub All the public dashboards for free Ten bucks a month, unlimited private dashboards could be yours. So go to the dash.com. They're currently running a promotion. If you sign up at the dash.com, private dashboards, you'll be able to get one. Go to the dash.com. You don't need no credit cards. Go to the dash.com and play with it because it is fun. Thank you so much to Dash. Go to thedash.com and you sign up there. We love those guys. And I like that song a lot. And uh, I'm happy that they that Jonathan Mann made it and the Dash guys let us use it. Yeah, originally he did it and it was go to dash.com and it was a song about uh, laundry detergent, but he changed it. So <laughs> we, we all dodged a bullet there. Woof. 
It's a topic that you put in a document that I'm interested in because I think about these things a lot, especially when I hear people uh, talking about them. And maybe maybe this is bad for me to say, but security, so like securing your devices and, and passwords and, and such. Um, are you a two-factor authentication person? I am. Okay. So I am what one do of you those use? people. What do you use for that and why do you do it? Uh, so I use Google Authenticator and on my iPhone. And I have it turned on for uh, my Google account and for my Dropbox account. And uh, would would enable it for others. I'm also using Apple's two-factor, which is uh, different because it's Apple. <laughs> and uh, and they're, they're sending messages in various places. But I, I do it. Basically, I've decided that I'll turn it on for anything that will let me turn it on because it means that my password isn't the only point of failure. And it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not... Uh, safe from uh, social engineering, although I think that that a lot of companies are getting better at realizing that uh, that ha- one of the ways that people will hack people's accounts is by posing as them on the phone and begging for a reset. And Matt Honan uh, exposed that when he got hacked. So um, yeah, I, I just I just I turn it on. And it's kind of a pain because every so often I have to make sure that my phone is with me, or I have to go get my phone and bring it back so I can put in a six-digit password. But um, but I do it because I like the fact that it, it doesn't, you know, you don't, if you know my password, you can't get into that account. You still need to add a, uh, add a, uh, 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 an authentication code. Um, and then also by doing that, uh, it allows you to generate uh, unique app passwords, which means that if those passwords are breached, not only can you deauthorize them at will, um, but if they're breached, they only have access to sort of the one the one set of things. So, I, you know, it's it's not, I wouldn't say that I've got some like super crazy security regime at all, but I try to take advantage of whatever, of whatever security features are offered to me, um, even if it's a little bit less convenient. So what, what kind of services allow for two-factor authentication that you use? Um, what kind of services? What? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, because I'm sure not, not everyone allows you to use two-factor, right? Well, like I said, the only ones that I'm really using that I, I'm aware of are, are Apple, um, Google, and Dropbox. And those oh, okay. are the ones... Those are the ones that I'm using. So my Google account it has is secured with two-factor. My Dropbox account is secured with two-factor. And then Apple's got their own crazy two-factor where they're sending the messages direct to your device instead of having you look it up on an app. I use the authentication app. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say that they love Authy, uh, which is a different authentication app, and Dan Morin loves it. Um, I've got it, and I just, you know, it's one of those things where Google Authenticator works fine for me, and the process of de-authenticating and re-authenticating a device is painful enough that I just haven't gotten around to trying it. Um, it's a, that's a barrier, and if I don't like it, then I have to deauthenticate and reauthenticate again. But anyway, it's you know, it, it's it's a lot less convenient, but at the same time, it gives me at least a little bit more of a feeling of security in that I've got that second stage. Whether that's as with most security things, whether that's r- real or whether that's just uh, uh, you know a feeling that isn't connected to reality, I'd like to think that it is. But uh, I they offer it, so I decided I would do it. So I'm I'm getting a lot better than I used to be at using one password and, and generating like, you know, the crazy long 12 digit passwords, you know, and using those as opposed to just things I could remember or like, um, 
there was a time where I used the same password for everything, you know? Yeah. And I'm wise, I've, I have wised up to that and I'm using that kind of stuff. But I've not really got into two-factor because kind of everybody that I know that does use it has many complaints about it for as much as it is secure. Sure. It seems like I know a lot of people that have, have had real struggles with, with the Apple one and it locking them out and stuff like that and not being able to use their iCloud services. And I don't know if I want to get into to that level of mess. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, but but should I? You know, like what what what's going to happen to me, and 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 I I wonder about these sorts of things because I, I know that identity theft is is obviously a problem, but a lot of the time, uh, I think to myself, what are people actually going to get? Um, and and, yeah, and I, I wonder how how I mean I know that there's so much data, you know, like somebody gets into my email, the, you know, the or you know they can then start to break their way into who knows what but mm-hmm. I, I think to myself what what it what am i actually going to be losing here and i wonder if it's a generational thing that that makes me feel that way like it's all kind of just like it's all just digital stuff and people can take it and then i can kind of just deal with it and get it back or block them out or whatever like what what's going to happen to me yeah it's uh, you know security i i, I mean if, if matt honan's story has told us anything it is that um you know, nothing is really secure. <laughs> I mean, everything is this. I mean, this is the frightening thing. It's like passwords aren't very good. There aren't really any good alternatives. Um, the, the, in many cases, the companies involved can reset your stuff if they want to. And that's terrifying because that means that even if you do everything right on your end, if somebody uh, is charming and calls and begs to be led back into their account, um, they may be able to get, gain access. And there's the whole issue now where we have like chains of accounts where, like with Matt Honan, one week security area where they could reset a password and revealed, a, you know, was revealed in another uh, like backup email address that was shown and they could figure that one out. And they, it just became this chain where they were able to get into all sorts of different accounts by having access to uh, a couple of things. And uh, so that's terrifying. And again, I, I, you know, I try to do what, uh, what is right. So I turn on two factor because it's an additional layer. It means that if somebody were to find out my, or figure out my password, they would still need that second factor and they wouldn't have it. And that makes it that much more secure. I do use one password to generate completely random, ugly passwords. Um, I still have low security passwords that I use on some sites, but those are the low security passwords for sites that I, I don't care. <laughs> Essentially, if people, uh, if people get into them because there's nothing of value there. Yeah. But anytime I do a, a do a new password now, I just have it be the uh, the the randomly generated one password password, and I store it away that way. And that, again, that's less convenient because I don't know those passwords, and I have to open up one password and I have to copy and paste. But I I, th- I think that the all all that us sort of regular people can do is try to try to follow these. Um, suggested rules it's a little bit like eating your vegetables to say like you know randomly generated strong passwords inside something like one password is better than having the same password everywhere or you know and and better than having a password that's super simple um you know it's you're you're protecting your money if you're doing online banking you're protecting your money if you're if you're uh you've got places that are storing your credit cards you've you've got uh money involved there um, there's the privacy, like if you've got personal conversations about things that you prefer remain um, remain private, it's one other risk that you've got. Uh, you could also argue that maybe 
you should be aware in general that anything that's got a, a paper trail like that, you might want to not have those conversations there. And that's really inconvenient. But again, these are all the things that everybody just needs to be aware uh, that of these issues. And I think a lot of times what happens is people just aren't aware of them. And, you know, it's not their... It's not their fault that they have personal information in the cl- in the cloud somewhere, but um, you know, trying to be uh, safer about it is is better. And people listening to this show are more more technically oriented than your average person. And I think it's on all of us to be aware of what these uh, these issues are, and also tell our less technically savvy people that you should you know you should have uh, something like one password, for example, or another password manager that will. Uh, remember that stuff for you because sometimes that's the hurdle is, well, I, I just, I can't remember these passwords. Um, and, uh, you know, don't write it down on a post-it note and stick it to your refrigerator. Yeah. I mean, that's all, you know, those, uh, password books, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to use one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Sony apparently had just, uh, word files in, uh, and Excel files on a server somewhere with all the passwords in it. Yeah, I don't. Stuff. I don't understand how something like that can happen in such big companies. I mean, I know that things can be. I don't know. I know that things can kind of get a bit wonky, you know, uh, and there might be some sort of like old system somewhere, you know. But well, I just I don't get how it becomes how it gets to that point. Well, and a lot of a lot of services are bottom up, where there's uh, services people have signed up for. I mean, I know we had this at IDG, where you know you've got Twitter accounts that are shared, and how do you you know somebody's got a how, how do you manage who's got access to those Twitter accounts? Yeah, and you know we had a we had a Google Doc with the passwords in it. <laughs> Because on one level, it's like, what do you do? I mean, we had people all over the country. You don't really want it to be one person uh, who has all the passwords because what happens if something happens to that person? Um, So I understand why these sorts of things happen. Well, we'll just create a master list of passwords. And it's on a server that only these people have access to. So it should be safe. Uh, But then, you know, somebody gets access to one of those accounts and there we go. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's scary. I mean, I I think most people won't ever have to deal with it. Fortunately, I think, uh, but, you know, I think it's good for all of us to try and practice what we can to make it, uh, to make it that much safer for, for us. And, and for, like I said, our friends and family who maybe not, are not as, as, uh, um, technically savvy as we are. It's a time of year to be thinking about it, you know, as you're going home and, and you can help people out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the uh, the idea of just telling one of your, you know, one of your loved ones that they're that if they're interested in, you know, if they're frustrated by passwords or they can't remember their passwords or whatever, that there are software out there that they can use to do that. That that's a good step just in that because and that's not just even from a security standpoint i mean in many cases now for security reasons passwords stronger passwords are mandated you know apple certainly does that now and when that's the case then it just frustrates a lot of people even more i see this in my family where now they oh now i need a capital letter and a number in my password and and, you know and then they can't remember it because it gets complicated it's like oh yeah does that have a capital or not is there a space is there an exclamation point is there a dash what's going on and uh so from a usability standpoint saying why don't you use a little program to store your passwords in and then you only have one password to remember i mean great name 
by the way, one password. But the, that idea, even, there are other password managers out there too. I I use one password, so I talk about it in that in that context. But you know that that's a that's not just a security feature; it's a productivity feature. You're not you don't need to remember your passwords, and you don't need to write them down in a book that you might lose. I mean, it might be stolen, but you might just lose it. Uh, but you could put it on your all your devices behind a single password that you remember that you don't use anywhere else. That's that's uh, productivity. That's not just security. Security. Oh, security. It, it, it's it's terrifying. And if you follow anybody on 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 like Twitter or something who's a security expert, or you read some of these articles, it really is kind of kind of scary. I mean, we saw this with the uh, the Sony hack, and uh, and we've seen it before with things, you know, including things as. I mean, on one level, ridiculous as the Sony hack, and on another level, as uh, serious as the Stuxnet situation uh, with the centrifuges in Iran. Um, the, the cybersecurity, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a crazy, complicated, and scary topic because I, I really believe the, the right way to approach all of it is to, believe, is to, to accept that um, a lot of our security is still through obscurity. If somebody wanted to target you and your information, they could do it. And that's terrifying too. And like I said, I think all you can do as a regular person walking around on the internet is try to follow some best practices and hope everything's going to be okay. And that's not a great, you know, just kind of whistling through the dark and crossing your fingers is not the greatest approach to something like this. But I, I feel like on some levels, that's all we can do because some of it is kind of out of our hands. It's about these big players and it's about just the good luck or bad luck of being involved in something. I will say one of the one of the things that I really believe in is um, most websites will ask to store your credit card information and just say no unless it's a site you use all the time. Like I've got, I think I've got my credit card stored at um, uh, like a couple of sites, but there are all these random sites where you buy two things one time and then never again, and they want to store your credit card. And it's like, you know, that that's where the credit card breaches happen is at some random site and you said, yes, store my credit card for later. And uh, then they get your credit card number. And uh, so, you know, it's it's you try a little stuff like that of, well, I'm not going to store it so much. I'm going to change my passwords and all that. And still, are you totally secure and locked down? No. You, you know, maybe you decreased your chances a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I don't like that feeling, but I feel like that's where we are with Internet security now. So, Jason... Next week on the show, uh, we want to do our kind of best of the year, um, and we're we're going to call it the Upgradies. Sure. Why uh, not? Why not? That's not not a democracy. Nope, that's what we're calling <laughs> that's what it. It's called. No one's, no one's telling me <laughs> different. Uh, so we're going to do the Upgradies, the Upgrady Awards uh, for 2014. Now, mm-hmm. what I would really like uh, is for our. Uh, <laughs> Upgrade Erzians to suggest some topics <laughs> for what they would like us to award Upgradies to. So oh, that's you may want uh, the Upgradie for the best app. You may want the Upgradie for the best security management software. You know? or, or you or you maybe want to be incredibly specific like listener uh, Nick who said uh, what what was the most hyped app that was a disappointment and least hype app that you loved. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's complicated. Simpler than that is better. But, uh, you know, yeah, we will take your uh, your suggestions for what you would like us to talk about. For it's the, it's the end of the year. You know, we're all contractually obligated to do best and worst. And why not do it in a glitzy award ceremony? Mm. Why I, not? I will be wearing a tuxedo next week. 
All right. I look just, forward to that. Just for that. So if you want to let us know, <laughs> uh, uh, do, use the hashtag AskUpgrade um, would be great. Or you can tweet it at us. I am at iMike and I am YKE and Jason is at Jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L. But the hashtag AskUpgrade is good because it puts it automatically in the document and we can pick those out. Yep. So next week will be the inaugural Upgradies, <laughs> which I'm very excited about. Um, I even have some uh, Upgrady award artwork being created. Oh, yes. For it looks this. delightful. Yes, for this very specific purpose. So we can award people with the their Upgrady badges, whether they want them or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they can receive them. So I'm very excited about that. But before then, I would like to wish everybody a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, um, depending on however you celebrate. Uh, I hope that you have a very nice holiday week, Jason, and to you yes, and your you family. Um, and uh, if you'd like to catch the show notes again for this week, you want to go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 15. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week's episode, Igloo, MailRoute, and Dash. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason. Thank you, friends. And upgradients. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.